0: The world's top scientists from the United Nations have released a new report saying it's the final warning to act urgently on climate change. But Greenpeace says the report is repeating what the Pacific already knows, that the impacts on the region is now at a crisis level. Joining me is Shiva Gowden, the Pacific Advisor to Greenpeace Australia slash Pacific. Bula Shiva, first of all, can you go into a bit more detail about what this report is all about? See, one thing that is uh,
1: extremely clear in this final IPCC report, the synthesis report, is that uh, 1.5 degrees is still on the table. But we need to fight like our lives depended on it, just like the Pacific has done for decades. Uh, The path currently is very narrow now, and it has been lit by the most vulnerable, most um, marginalized communities and the whole world needs to start walking this path of light.
0: Now, I understand you were in Vanuatu when Cyclones Judy and Kevin hit and you were helping out with recovery efforts. Would you say that when it comes to climate change and the impacts it has on human rights, are Pacific people the most violated? Look, uh,
1: uh, we all know our Pacific people are extremely resilient. You know, uh, that, that uh, the twin cyclones that hit Vanuatu both were category four and above. Uh, I think Kevin uh reached category five with, with over 230 kilometers of wind um but after after the cyclone you could see the smiles on people's faces because they're trying to pick up uh, whatever ruins that was left and to rebuild again but this this spirit of resilience is starting to starting to become thinner and thinner and there's this deeper hurt within our pacific communities because of something that we have contributed the least. you know the pacific pacific communities and the pacific countries have contributed the least to climate change, yet they face the the greatest consequences of climate issues across the world.
0: Now, what exactly is new in this report, particularly for the Pacific? So,
1: the previous reports have been very dire. Uh, one thing that is extremely important in this in this one is that there is still a little bit of hope. You know, um, I, I know they touch on the technology, etc., but. One thing, one thing, like I said, is there's this hope of still being able to reach 1.5 degrees. There will be a period uh, after 2030 when it will overshoot. Um, that temporary period is called the overshoot period, but we can bring it down if we cut emissions extremely rapidly. You know, So uh, no fossil fuels, uh, so no coil, uh, coal, oil and gas, no new coal, oil and gas projects. Um, and, but if we are continuing in the current trajectory, we are not only going to go fractionally beyond 1.5, but go way beyond 2 degrees. And that will have extremely devastating impacts on the Pacific communities that are already, um, or that can already see the impacts of climate change right now, um, especially the low-lying atolls. For example, Tuvalu, I was just there a few days ago, and you could see how sea level rise is deeply impacting the cultures, the identities, and the languages of these communities. They can't grow their own food um, because the the ocean is seeping into the land, Uh, that means the salinated water is not allowing for any uh, crops to be grown, and the land is then seeping into the ocean, which means it's uh, devastating the marine biology of Tuvalu itself. And It's it's ironic, but it's very sad as well because in the Pacific, we are deeply connected to two really important things which uh, shape our identity, and that's the the uh, wasa wasa or the moana which is our ocean or salt water or our vanua or Vanua, which is our land and currently these two things are in conflict with each other and it's a conflict that we have least contributed to um so the pacific people like i said previously contribute the lowest in terms of um, emissions global emissions but are facing the greatest threat to the culture their life their livelihoods and and the future of their survival you know so um Personally, there's new things in the report in terms of what countries can do. Uh, but the most important thing is that we need to phase out of all coal, oil and gas.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so admirable that the Pacific, us as Pacific people, we have this great resilience and hope. But I mean, how many reports does it have to take for climate action to happen, given that there's already been six reports from the IPCC since 2018? I've,
1: I've deeply thought about this, actually. Uh, we can't keep being briefed about these reports and not do anything about it. You know, We, we can't keep going to conferences to negotiate for our lives. Uh, the strongest action needs to be taken by the world and there's no better time than now. The best time for climate action was 20 years ago, but the second best time is now. We have to stop killing the pockets of the very few, which is the fossil fuel order, and we need to start thinking about the lives that we are sacrificing when we are doing that. And these are not just... Hundreds of lives. These are millions of lives lives across the world, and millions of lives of the most vulnerable and most marginalised communities. We need to stop the talk, and we need to stop just having these reports uh, brief—the brief of these reports—and start going into strongest actions across the world so that climate justice can be realised for our Pacific family.
0: Well, now, what outcomes are you seeking from this final report? What tangible outcomes? Look, the world
1: world can. Pacific Island nations have always shown leadership when it comes to uh, fighting for climate justice. Not just for our people, but people across the world who are facing all this climate impact. And there are a few tangible things that can be done to ensure that. And one is, like I said, to phase out of all fossil fuels, coal, oil and gas by 2030. Um, even before that, it's much more better. We need to stop all new coal, oil and gas projects that are um, that are being planned. And finally... The world can stand together hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, with the Vanuatu government and thousands of civil society organizations, um, and also now co-sponsored by 170 other countries across the world, including Australia, to take the world's biggest problem of climate change to the world's highest court, which is the International Court of Justice. Uh, They are seeking an advisory opinion to, um, to make clear what states' responsibilities are when it comes to climate change and human rights. And these are not just human rights for um, our generation currently, but for future generations. There's this beautiful concept in Samoa where, where when a baby is born, the umbilical cord, which is called the fenua, the same word that we use for ancestral land, fenua, the umbilical cord of this baby is taken to the ancestral fenua, the ancestral land, and planted there. This is the first connection for that young child when it comes to what the ancestors stood for, what they paved for the future generations, and climate change is wiping out these lands and wiping out these opportunities. This advice your opinion is fighting for just that. It's, just, it's to try and save our communities, save our cultures, save our traditional practices, our languages, and importantly, our fenua and our moana, so that the future generations can live a life of dignity and continue practicing this proudly.